Well, praise God. Get your Bibles out. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1. Now, I'm sure y'all would love me to stand up here this morning and, and tell you everything that's going to happen next year and how everything's going to come out and, and have all this great uh, prophetic word for you. And, and um, I'm not because I don't know. I just know that I've been praying and praying and praying and praying about everything, what's happening, what I'm seeing unveiling, been listening to what other preachers have been saying, and some I agree with, some I don't, and I've just been saying, Lord, what what is going to happen? What do you want to happen and take place at Living Waters, and what's the deal? And something just began to just kind of stir up in me. And I began just to pray about it and pray about it and pray with it. And so I've got this message. You're going to hear more of it next week because actually technically next week is the first Sunday of the month. But today I'm going to start it. I'm going to go in there. And I began to hear God say to me, don't panic. And I said, well, Lord, I'm not a panicky person. But, you know, I mean, uh, what do you mean don't panic? And it was like, you're going to see things happening and, and in the world, and I'm just telling you, don't panic, I've got you. So the title of this series of how long it's going to last is called Don't Panic, God's Got You. So everybody say, look at the person beside you, like I always tell you, I say, God's got you. Now, it's an important thing if you realize that John 10, 29 says you're in the palm of the Father's hand. Ain't nothing going to take you out. But what's going to happen, Christians, is that I'm telling you that your Christian faith in 24, it's not like it's going to be like, oh, they're going to test you. I mean, this past week on Christmas, uh, over 200 Christians were killed in Nigeria. The, the, the uh, terrorists came in there. And killed them in church. There'd be not a greater place as far as I'm concerned to die as on Christmas Day in church. I mean, that would be, but not the way they were killed. But anyway, I, I, I don't know. I'm not trying to panic anybody this morning because that's what God said. Don't panic, right? I'm just trying to do what 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1 tells us. The Apostle Paul writing to the church at Thessalonica he said, but concerning the times and the season, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. So apparently these Christians were, there, there, was, there was concerns about the end times or about Jesus coming back and what was going on. For when they say peace and safety, then suddenly destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. Now stop right there for a second. I want to say something. I, I know y'all have seen this going on in the world today. Okay? And, and um, I hope you have. I hope it's obvious to you. That right now, the difference between darkness and light, it's separating. Okay? And there are people that are deceived, so deceived, that they don't even know what they're doing. Such as the LGBT community 
marching for in a pro-Palestinian protest. Okay, that's like, you know, that's like, um, well, I don't know what it's like. When the whole thing you're marching for is about throwing LGBT people off of roofs and getting rid of them, and you're marching for it, and you're like, you're, it just doesn't make sense. And, and so when this says right here, when everyone says there's peace and safety, well, wait a minute, that depends on what you think is peace and safety. And we're seeing this happen in the world that this, I mean, we, we especially we as country folk, are sitting around saying, man, that ain't right. That's not the way we were raised. That ain't right. And there's other people saying, oh, this is the greatest thing in the world. And you're like, what? How can you, how can you have that thinking? How could that, how could that even be in your mind? And, and we're still in this dumbfounded stage of standing around saying, how could you think that? Right? How many times in 23 have you said, understand what I mean I told the Lord the other day I'm Lord I'm tired of saying I don't understand as my expression because you said that you'd give me understanding so I'm going to pray for understanding so I'm going to quit saying it and so now I'm just going to go like because I just can't believe what what people are saying and what they're doing and people in, in in all you know areas that they should have more sense and I'm just like what and so it says here, they say we're in peace and safety, but so that, that could be from whatever place they think is peace and safety. And it says, and then suddenly destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness so that the day should overtake you as a thief. You are sons of light and sons of the day. So in other words, as a Christian, you're supposed to be in a place and a position to where you're, 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 you're knowing, you're seeing, you're saying, oh, oh, okay, this is, this is the next step. Oh, okay, this is what's happening. This is what's taking place. Not standing there saying, what? How could this be? You're all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not. And we are not of the night nor the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch, therefore, and be sober. So he says it's two, two facets here, light and darkness. Light looks into the darkness, and darkness looks into the light, and neither one of us understand the other. Right? The the, those in the dark, they look into the light. And they don't want it. We say, man, this is the way to live. This is, man, Jesus is great. We love to go to church. We love to praise God. We love to read our Bibles. We love to have Bible studies. We love to pray for our brothers and sisters. We love to give money. And the rest of the world says, what are you talking about? No, it's about me. I want it. It's for me. And so darkness doesn't understand light. And us that are in light, can't understand the darkness. Like, how can you be so stupid? Can I get an amen, something here? Y'all are in agreement with me? You, you don't think I've gone nuts or anything, right? Okay. So it says, but let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love as a helmet of hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, 
but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us, that whether we wake or we sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another just as you were doing and just as you also are doing. So Paul is dealing with the people at Thessalonica. And he says, look, this is the way it is. Just understand this is just the way it is. But be assured you're not appointed to wrath. You're not appointed to be separated from God. You're going to walk with God. You're going to be with God. And what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to put on the breastplate of faith and love. And the helmet of the hope of our salvation of what God's got for us. So this year, I believe with all of my heart, this is where we got to go. You got to stir your faith. You got to wake up and you just got to understand. Listen, folks, we are seeing the end times playing out. And as closer we get to the end times, the more the end times are going to be playing out. Huh? We're closer today than we were yesterday. All right? We have a major election year coming up. Okay? We got, the, we got one side saying, oh, my gosh, we've got to stand and, and make sure this election goes this way because if not, we're going to lose the democracy of the United States. You got the other side turning around saying, what are you talking about? Yeah, we got to win because if not, we're going to lose a democracy in the United States. Both of them are saying the same thing. Have y'all seen that? Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that, 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 the, that people in authority have been like struck dumb? They don't know what to do. They're just like, they're just as bad as in that, that the police don't know what to do. The mayors don't know what to do. I mean, just folks, listen, you're just seeing this going over and over. These are signs of the times. These are signs of what's going on. You have to open your eyes and see it. Darkness is getting darker. Light is getting lighter. And it's up to us to be sober-minded. And it's up to us to prepare ourselves and be of faith and stand strong and say, bless God, I'm standing for God no matter what. The second thing God told me, he says, I'm preparing a table. I'm preparing a table. And so I'm like, okay, what does that mean? What do you mean you're preparing a table? Like you're preparing the marriage supper of the lamb table? You're preparing a table for me? What table are you preparing? And so, of course, Psalms 23, 5 says, right? And you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And you anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. And the Lord starts sharing with me, what I want you to do is I want you to sit down at the table. Don't panic. I'm preparing the table. I'm getting it ready for you. I need you just to sit down and eat and let me take care of it. And I said, well, I can do that. And he said, oh, can you? Can you sit and at the table? Or are you going to be a Martha? Are you going to jump up? And you're going to run and you're going to try to fix this and fix that and get in the middle of this and get in the middle of that. Are you going to, are you going to panic? Are you going to worry? Are you going to say, oh, my gosh, i got to go do this? Are you going to be able to sit at the table and enjoy the meal I've prepared for you? And so I said, well, you put it that way. Deuteronomy 31.8, Old Testament scripture here. It says, and the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. 
He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. Are we going to be the Christians that can sit at the table that God has prepared and God's bringing it about and we're not going to be dismayed? We're not going to walk in fear. We're going to trust him that he's going to bring it to pass. Are we going to be the one that has to jump out in the middle of everything and try to get it going our direction? Because we think it's not going our direction. So, how many of you ever been to a restaurant and you, you, you're, a waiter was there and he was waiting on you <clears throat> and he started out good and then somewhere in between ordering your, your drink and before the food got there or you ordered the food and or you order an appetizer. This is usually where I see it happen. You order an appetizer and then you're waiting for him to come back to take your order and then he gets lost and you can't find the guy. Has this ever happened to anybody? Raise your hand. It's a frustrating thing. You're sitting there. You know your food's not coming. He hasn't taken the order you're looking for. Him. And sometimes it happens if you're on shift change and they change shift and the other person didn't pick up your table, whatever. But, you know, you don't really want to tip that person. Hello? Come on. You're mad. You want a service. You want them to wait on you. They, but then you've been at another time you've been into a restaurant and I'm sure somebody has served you just unbelievably that they're just, I mean, they are Johnny on the spot. They are nice. They're friendly, but not too friendly. You don't want them standing there talking to you while you're trying to eat. It, you know, it's like going to the dentist and he asks you questions. What? He's got both hands in your mouth and says, well, how has everything been going? What are you supposed to say? <laughs> right? And so anyway, in this table God is preparing for you, I can promise you he is not distracted. I can promise you God is not distracted with everything going on in the world. He's not worried about what's taking place. And, oh, my God, should you see that? He and Jesus aren't having a panic situation talk that morning. They're not, having, they're, they're not upping the, the, the level to DEFCON 5 in heaven because, oh, my gosh, it looks bad. We're not going to make it, you know. God's, on, God's attentive. The only person at the table that can freak out is you. Matthew 8, 23. Matthew 8, 23. Now, when Jesus got into the boat and his disciples followed him, and suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and woke him, said, Lord, save us, we're perishing. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the wind, the sea, and there was a great calm. So the, the men marveled, saying, Who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey? Now, here's Jesus in the boat. The disciples are there. The disciples are panicking. They think they're going to drown. Did any of them ever think about if the boat turns over, Jesus is getting wet too? The danger they were in, Jesus was in also. Would that not be? I mean, if the boat capsized, he's in the boat with them, unless he didn't sink and he's on top, floating on top of the water on his pillow. But they panicked. Because they were looking at the wind, they were looking at the waves, they were looking at the sea. And they panicked, but Jesus wasn't panicked. And I'm telling you, God is not panicked right now. God is not saying, oh my gosh, it's the fourth quarter and I hope we don't lose the game. Y'all hear me? All the stuff, all the bunk, all the things going on, what's going to happen? Oh my gosh. I listened the other day to a radio program and they had people calling in who were... 
I didn't know most of them, but there were supposedly notable people, and they were calling in, giving their prediction of what they thought was going to take place in, in 24, and not one of them was anything good. Nobody said everybody's going to get a five-gallon bucket of gold coins. Nobody said nothing about that. Every prediction was something bad. And I laughed to myself. I said, if a person doesn't know Jesus and they're listening to this, this has got to be the most depressing thing they've ever heard in life. I mean, there's no way you're going down. I mean, they might as well sing, oh, Johnny Cash, you're going down, down, down in a burning ring of fire. And I thought to myself, my gosh, people without Jesus, no wonder they're going crazy. No wonder they're doing whatever and, and, and just just doing whatever, because, man, without Jesus in the boat with you. Because, see, I'm looking, I've learned through this story. I'm still looking. Is Jesus in the boat with me? <laughs> yeah, he's still there. We don't need to panic. I check my heart. I'm still saved. I'm still here. I'm still with you, Lord. <laughs> I'm in. Are y'all following me here? As long as Jesus is with you, you ain't got anything to worry about. You say, but, oh, what if this happens? Oh, what if that happens? I don't know. All I know is I'm not smart enough. Hear me. I am not smart enough in my intellect to figure out how to best them, beat them, outsmart them. Because on a natural level, they're going to be smarter than I am. They've got bigger resources than I am. They're going to pull off whatever they're going to pull off. But, whoo, I know somebody. I got a friend who is so smart, and he sent me his helper. And said if I'd listen to him, he would tell me things to come. Yesterday, I, I was I had to run up to the shop and help my son unload some boxes. And he wasn't there yet. And thought just came to me. I need to go check that water trough. Just thought popped up. I need to go check that water trough. Went over there the water trough. Sure enough, pipe had broken, water spewing out. It only had been spewing out for just a little while, but had I not known it or seen it or went and found it, it would have been, I'd have been out of water this morning. I just laughed. I said to myself, I said, yeah, thank you, Holy Ghost. I mean, it was just a, oh, that quick of a thought saved me. Well, you don't think God can do that on a larger scale? You don't think that, you know, you could find out that whatever. I'm, I don't even know how to predict because I don't know what's coming. I can't tell you how the snakes are going to try to kill, steal, and destroy you. But I can guarantee you they are because there's a demonic rise and a demonic influence, and the devil's plan is always to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came to bring us life and life more abundantly. So we approach 24, the big smile on our face, saying, Lord, I think you're preparing a table for me. I'm just going to sit down and eat. I'm going to feast off the word that you're giving me. I'm going to feast off the goodness that you're giving me. I'm going to feast off your grace. I'm going to feast off what, whatever it is because, Lord, that's what you do. You're in the boat. The storm's there, but you're just there asleep. You're not freaking out. So think about this. The disciples are in the boat. They're looking at Jesus. They're looking at the storm, but they're determined that the storm is greater than Jesus. Then Jesus does something, and then they're saying, whoa, what kind of person is this that even has power and authority over the wind? Now he's kind of freaking us out. Like, what if we get too close and fire shoots out from him? He kills us. Are y'all following me? 
So another scripture the Lord gave me here was John 7, 24. It says, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. So what does that scripture mean? Don't judge according to appearance. The disciples were judging the storm according to appearance. Now, the disciples were fishermen, so they'd been out there on the ocean. They knew what that was all about. They knew what that kind of uh, a storm could mean, right? And so the, the, they, were, the, they weren't idiots. They weren't not accustomed to it. They weren't over-exaggerating. It must have been a bad storm. But they were judging according to appearance. It's natural appearance. Listen to me. In 24, you cannot judge according to appearance. Because what something may look like, it's not. He says, don't judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Now, so what does righteous judgment mean? Well, righteous judgment means everything that you see has to be judged in line with the Word of God. That's the only truth. Hello? Are you all with me? Because, see, people aren't judging with righteous judgment. They're judging by their emotions and their feelings. Well, we should be able to do this because this is what we feel like. And see, I don't understand why I can't say, I feel like I should punch you in the mouth, and so y'all can't say anything about that. Oh, well, we don't do that in civil society. Well, in the civil society I come from, you don't run down the street naked either. Hello? I mean, I don't understand that. I just don't understand why people out there that are just really idiots aren't afraid of getting punched in the face. Well, we just don't do that sort of behavior. Well, we, we kind of need John Wayne back, you know? Hello? We, 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 I, I, I'm just, just saying. Because people don't have, they're not judging with righteous judgment. They're not, they're not weighing things upon the word of God. They're not, they're not letting this be the rule of their life. They're letting feelings and emotions and thoughts and, and you know, what they want to do. And, and you can't do that. Except if you have those feelings or thoughts, you don't get to do them. But they, okay. So now this message from this point on, all that's just been like fluff introductory. So this message from here on, I've got four points. And then I got like another 40. But I was going to tell you four this morning. Because last week, see, y'all got off early. And so then you'd get my, y'all start looking towards the door. I see y'all. So I'm going to start this thing, and I will see how far we go. But I got four things here that I really feel like the Lord showed me that we have to deal with, okay? Areas that we have to reinforce in our life. You say, well, Pastor, I'm good. Are you? I mean, folks, listen to me. Let me just say something. In 2020, according to the CDC, um, the reports they were giving us of, of the results of the COVID virus was that, you know, we should all lock ourselves in the house, get the duct tape out, tape the doors, don't enter, don't exit, just stay in there and pray because everybody's going to die. That's pretty much what they said, right? Anybody that was outside exposed, you're dead. And we know that there was some fatalities, there was some problems like that, but it was not anywhere near what happened. Nowadays, people say, what's wrong with those so-and-so? I don't know. Sick, you ask him, what's wrong? I don't know. Ah, probably COVID, but I don't know. Nobody even checks anymore. Hello? In other words, something that two years ago, or four years ago, excuse me, going into, was 
a terror. Like, no, we beat that. We walked over it. Just, are y'all with me here? Y'all agree? I mean, all of us had those thoughts. You know, you can't go anywhere. I mean, my gosh, you cough and everybody just, you got cedar fever and you cough and they're like fire hose on you, you know, trying to get you out of there. Well, we don't know what the next one's going to be. But I can tell you this, through walking through what we've walked through, we're stronger than we were before. And we're smarter than we were before. Okay? And so, when the next thing comes, you're more prepared. But we got to reinforce ourselves because, you see, you may have had a laxed year. You didn't have to deal with too much. So you get weak. And so we got to reinforce ourselves. And that's what I'm trying to say. The first one is, is listen to me. you got to stop worrying. He said, oh, brother. I mean, oh, brother, Robert. I mean, come on. How many of you in here can say beyond a shadow of a doubt, no, I'm going to get somebody in trouble. Don't move, raise your hand or anything else. But how many of you in here can say without a shadow of a doubt, you, ha- you don't ever worry about anything? So no, Pastor, I just, I mean, maybe you're smoking a little and you ain't got, you ain't got no worries because you ain't got enough sense to know you're in trouble. But, but Proverbs 14, 19 says, listen to this verse I want to give you. Proverbs 14, 19. Y'all believe the word of God's true? The evil will bow before the good and the wicked at the gates of the righteous. Let me tell you something. Wickedness is not going to win. There is no chance that the devil might win in overtime. Now, can the devil still kill, still and destroy? Yes. Can he still hurt you? Yes. Can he still do things that are uh, a major irritant to you? Yeah. But is he going to win? No. Is, is, is all this crazy and it's going to, listen, or, or, or... <laughs> man, I won't get myself in trouble with that if I say that. Um, I heard, a, I heard a, a man speaking and he said, uh, it was on a video, and he said that he was a preacher and he was saying, America, wake up. Do you not realize that the world is hinging upon your decision of what you do in this election coming up, that the whole world is hinged right now to see if America is going to fall. You've rejected God. You've taken him out of your schools. And he went through this whole list of things that you could have said amen to. But if you don't repent, the whole world will fall. And I thought, huh, isn't that interesting? That this person is saying, if America don't get it right, the whole world's going down. Well, I guess we are an exceptional country. (laughs) The whole world is hinging upon us and the way you vote in 24. Think of this. Oh, I guess we are an exceptional nation if we're keeping the hordes back. And I thought, isn't it funny when we're possibly, you know, the last surviving ember that's keeping the Antichrist from rising up and ravaging the world and America is the last place and we're just going downhill, you know, fast. But yet everybody in America, these stupids, keep standing up and saying how bad of a country we are. And I'm like, God, folks, you don't understand how much deception is going on. And you can worry about that all day long, but I just want you to understand something. I still know Jesus is in the boat with me. 
And I still know that God has a plan and God has things that are lining up and God has things that he's going to be bringing about. And maybe there's some things going to take place to put people to either make a decision for him or not. All worry is, is worshiping the devil. That's a shocker, isn't it? But it is exactly the opposite of faith. Worry is you're, 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 you're taking this thought to the place where the enemy is winning. But Proverbs 14 says, wickedness is always going to bow. Here's, a, here's an ugly scripture for you. I know you don't like it. Matthew 6, 31. Jesus' own words. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things are added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself, its own things. Sufficient is the day of its own trouble. Wow. He said, don't even worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got its own set of problems. Just deal with today. I believe you're going to have to, to take that philosophy and make sure it's applied to your life and get that word as a revelational rhema word for you so that you can walk in that and say, look, well, well I will deal with that tomorrow. Today, I'm going to deal with this. Because what's coming is going to take us, we're going to have to go through it step by step. So can you do it? He's like, I don't know. Boils down to worrying. I mean, I'm pretty good at worrying. I'm better at worrying than I am praying. That's what some of y'all are saying. So you say, okay, Pastor, tell me what's the answer. Come At the end of service, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to lay hands on you, cast out the spirit of worry. It comes from taking confidence in God and what God's word said is true. It boils down to simply, is this Bible true? It simply boils down to it. When Jesus said he'd never leave you nor forsake you, then is he going to leave you or forsake you? If he said he'd provide for you, are you going to believe that he'd provide for you? It's simply, it's simply just taking faith at what he said he will do. Well, I know, but you remember, oh, you know, Aunt so-and-so, she didn't, you know, I mean, she was a real believer, and, and look what happened to her. I don't know. I'm so tired of hearing that excuse. Because it boils down to me, am I going to believe the word of God is true? Is it real? Is Jesus real? Was he resurrected? Did he put power on the inside of me? Can I be anxious for nothing? Well, I can. But the only time I get anxious is when my thinking gets over into areas it shouldn't be thinking. The problem is right here between our eyes and now you're indoctrinated with it all it's coming through radio it's coming through the internet it's coming through your 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 phone you you know they they got their algorithm set up they're shooting this stuff in front of you that's always coming right there they're trying to sway you this way that way this way that way this way and you got to stop it you got to stop it and gain control of your thoughts because the Bible says in Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything in prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ. Wow. I mean, it's saying, and, and, and unless the Bible is wrong, that you're supposed to talk to God and pray, and then peace is supposed to become on your heart because you then believe he heard your prayer and is going to do it. 
and then it guards your heart, your mind, and Jesus Christ, and you can be happy. What a revelational thought! Oh my gosh! A Christian talks to God, and then, woo! Peace comes in his heart. Daddy's got me, everything's okay. Well, it's not supposed to be like that. You know, you don't understand how this works. You pray, and then you worry till it happens. And then you seek counsel. You read the devotional. You go through the Internet, and you search out, and you research, and you find, and you dig, and you call, and you do all this stuff. And then maybe something happens, and you can get a little peace and a little joy because you finally got it because you spent your whole life thinking about this, trying to make it happen. Hello? Is that just what happens? Is that not what we do? We go and talk to God, oh, God. And then we just worry about it the rest of the time. Looking out there all the time, seeing if it happened. When we're supposed to say, Father, I just think it's so amazing that I can come talk to you in the blood of Jesus over my life, and I get to come talk to you. And Wow, you're taking care of this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that peace. Whoo, somebody says, you okay, man? I'm okay because, you know, talk to Jesus. Like you're a fruitcake. Well, I'm sorry. I'm glad he's in the boat with me. Look at verse 8, Philippians 4, 8. It says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's any, there, therefore, is there anything praiseworthy, meditate or think on these. And the things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. So the great apostle Paul, who wrote, you know, roughly two-thirds of the New Testament, wrote this epistle, wrote this to the church at Philippi, and he told them, pray and just think on positive things of what God's doing for you. Peace will be on you. Everything's taken care of. We're talking the apostle Paul. Big money. Just think about that. Big money to get him to come speak. Not really, but I'm just saying. He was a, the most amazing apostle, wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He comes to you. Just imagine this. The church, everybody's just trembling. Oh, we don't know what to do. Oh, God. The Romans are coming. The Essens are coming. Oh, this is happening. Oh, this is about. And he says, listen, listen, listen. Let me come here. I have a revelation from heaven. I went to the third heaven, and I was there in the third heaven. I saw things that were unspeakable. I have come down to tell you the answer. The answer is, don't worry. Pray and think happy thoughts. No, 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 no. We need you to. Like, like, we need the super anointing holy oil and the fire to shoot out your hand. And, <laughs> you following me here, folks? This is what we're supposed to do? Mm, mm, mm. Don't worry. I'm telling you, things are going to happen in 24 like you don't know, you've never seen, that are going to make you want to worry. But if you're worried now over little things, you better reinforce those areas of your life because the big things are coming and they're really going to shock you. You say, oh, God, I don't know if I'm prepared. Well, I would say you should start developing a relationship with your Heavenly Father through the grace and the mercy He's given us and the blood of Jesus. And you can start right now. Are you with me? Because on the other hand of this, 
I believe that God is looking for those who will have faith in him. And at the same time, we're going to see the devil do some crazy things to try to hurt us. We're going to see God do some miraculous things to bless us. Some of that stuff like your jar, jar of oil doesn't ever quit pouring. You know, some of that kind of stuff. Some of these kind of good miracles. Some of these exciting things where, where the crowd wants to throw you over the cliff and you just walk right through the midst of them. That's what I've always thought was kind of funny because Jesus is preaching. He preaches really good. They take him out to the brow of a hill. They're mad. They're witnesses. They're gnashing their teeth. They're so angry with him. Somebody had hold of him. And they get up to the edge of the cliff to throw him off. But he walks through the midst of them. So how did that work? I mean, on my mind, I want to see the DVD on this one. That they had hold of Jesus, and the next thing you know, they had over their friend. And then they're both pushing. He's like, looks up, it's his friend. He's about to throw his friend over the hill. No, it's me. Where's Jesus go? They're pushing him off. What are you doing? I mean, I don't know how it worked. Right? But it'd be so cool. Well, listen to me, you're going to like that miracle working in your life if they're taking you out to throw you over the hill. Well, that's not going to happen. Okay. Go ahead. Live in your world full of unicorns and candy rainbows and stuff like that, but I'm just telling you, you better be reinforcing your faith and stop worrying because worrying is killing you. Watch what Jesus does. Now, I'm going to... I'm going to give you the second one, but I'm not going to go delve into it much. The second one is simply this. You've got to stop speaking word curses over your life. Stop th saying things like, I'm stupid. I'm never going to make it. We're all going to die. I'm an idiot. They're an idiot. You've got to stop speaking word curses over your life. Now, <clears throat> I was thinking about this the other day. You know, there's so many self-help things. They talk about going in the mirror and speaking to yourself and telling yourself you're beautiful and all that. And then there's another flip side of Christians out there saying, oh, you got to be careful because you do that you're going to get arrogant. Listen to me. If you do become too arrogant around here, I know plenty of people that can knock you down and put you back in your place. So I don't really think see that as an issue, okay, especially amongst guys. But you've got to stop speaking word curses over your life. You have got to quit cursing your steps. Now, of course, the scripture, Proverbs 18, 21, death and life is in the power of the tongue. But let me skip down here. I want to give you this, and then we're going to, I want to end it. Um, it's Matthew 12, 33 through 37. But I want to focus down here on verse 37. He says, for, your, for by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. In, in the King James, that, that word, it says idle words is what it, what it says. Okay? It says justify, by your, your, words, your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. But it, say, it says idle words. And it's always kind of bothered me because I've heard preachers preach on this and pre people say different things, and I've always really delved into this scripture and wanted to know it more. And I really want to share this with you because I think this is a, a real truth. The idle words, the word that it there, that it in, the, in the, the original Greek says for idle, it says, 
It means free from labor, at leisure, lazy, shunning the labor which one ought to perform. That's what the word means, idle word. An idle word is one that, word that should have been performed, but it wasn't. The funny thing is, is about the word word, idle word. The word there for words, rhema. In other words, they're saying, you know, if you study this much, rhema means a word that's, that's the, the, the living word. It's a word that's spoken like God spoke to you. It's a revelation. It's a word that made you say, wow, really? wasn't just a Logos word, a word that just filled the sentence. It was what, boom, spoke to you. So when he says, don't be speaking idle words, what he's saying is don't be letting the revelations you know in life just lay there dormant. Do something with them. Every one of you sitting in here today, you know more Bible than most of the people in the world. Did you know that? Of the millions and millions of people around the world that there are that have no Bibles or whatever, you know more. You know more rhemas. You know more revelation than most people in the world. So what he's saying to us here is, look, I want y'all to quit worrying and get these, stop speaking the wrong words, stop speaking word curses over your life, and get these idle revelations that you have in your life into effect and let's see something get happening that's what God's saying quit speaking idle words let's go believe see y'all are still thinking about the worrying thing I can see and look on your face all right I said to deal with that next week that one went over like a lead balloon I could see it y'all just went like I'm still thinking about I worry too much why I can't deal with idle words still thinking about worrying Okay, so stand to your feet, please. Can I have my prayer team come down? I just want everyone of you to know that are watching or listening out there today, listen to me. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, well, that would be the greatest gift you could get in 24 is to know him. Jesus loves you. He gave his life on a cross for you. He paid the price with his life so you could live. And if you're out there and you're listening to this message and you're not sure if you died today, you'd go to heaven. The Bible is simple. It says that if you would confess with your mouth and believe in your heart in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that you would be saved. There's a miracle that takes place when your faith in Jesus comes out of your mouth and you say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. The Spirit of God comes inside of you and delivers you and sets you free. It doesn't make any difference where you are. It doesn't make any difference what sins you have committed. But the Bible says then you can be totally free and clean and be healed. And so if you're out there, just pray a prayer and say, Jesus, come into my life. I want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me in your blood. Make me right and make me whole. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. If you're in here today and you're not sure... If you died today, you'd go to heaven. That's why we have our prayer team up here to pray with you. If you're in here today and you realize you've been a worry wart and you have just fretted too much in 24, and you don't, I mean in 23, and you don't want to in 24, 
I'm going to pray for everybody in here, but we're still up here to pray with you if you have something specific. Because I want to tell you something, worrying will kill you, and what's coming will kill you if you worry about it. So I'm going to pray for you. So grit your faith out there. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I pray for every person watching and listening. I declare that we're going to be men and women of God who are going to believe that the word is true. We're going to walk, Lord God, and do what, what it says in, in, in Thessalonians, Lord God. We are going to be anxious for nothing. We're going to trust in you. We're going to pray and let you work it all out, Lord, like we know you will. We're going to trust in you. We're going to set our mind on the things, Lord God, that bring about peace and bring about victory and bring about glory. And Lord, we're not going to spend our time worrying and fretting because we know you're in the boat with us. So, Lord, I pray for every person out here that our eyes be opened to where we've been worry warts, that our eyes be opened, that we behold you and that we see you, Jesus, and everything that you have for us. We declare that we're going to storm into this next year, Lord God. We're going to storm into this year and every lying devil in hell is going to just get trampled by our feet because that's where you put him is underneath our feet. And I declare, Lord, that greater is he that's in us and he that's in this world. So bless them, Lord, and we give you praise for them. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you, church.